The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is Miss Tammy Underwood. Looking all dapper as usual, Miss Tam Tam. Yeah, I, I guess. I'm I'm kind of like ah. Uh, I I you hit me with something on the fly here. Sorry. Hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, this is on the fly because this is kind of my fault. I'm doing research on a serial killer that is more in depth than I thought, and I've been really, really, really wrapped up in it. So I dropped the ball and did not get my Thursday presentation ready. Because yeah. I have been seriously ankle deep in the guy that I'm researching. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I am trying to find a good um, quote for this lady, but... Nah, that's okay. Yeah, how, no, how I think... Granny I, is as a granny does. <laughs> no. Um, Hi, Grandma sat on my lap. No, I think this is it. Her name is Nanny Doss, and she's also known as the Lonely Hearts Killer and the Giggling Granny. Now, I will explain more late. I mean, that'll come into play later, but I think the quote I'm going to use is one by P A R A C E L S U S. Paracelsus? Paracelsus or whatever. Poison is in everything, and no thing is without poison. The dosage makes it either a poison or a remedy. Oh, that's actually true, yeah. Okay. Now, that's my quote. However, let's get into her. You ready? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a granny, so so I want to get into her. I know. (laughs) I have to start off with jokes. You do. It never fails. You do. Okay, now her story begins... In the early 1900s, she was born in 1905 to in the Blue Mountain, Alabama area. Oh, back in Bama, huh? Back in Bama. And instead of going to school, all five of the children born to Jim and Louisa Hazel, they stayed home. They stayed at home to work on the household chores and tend to the family farm. None of them have an education at all. Well, it's the early 1900s. Yeah. So that's not out right. of the norm. Um, her father was... Very abusive. Very abusive, apparently. And at age seven, they were all on a train ride, and she suffered a head injury while riding the train. Apparently, the train came to a sudden stop, and she fell forward and hit her head on the bar. Okay, yeah. Okay? Apparently, she says she was changed after this. She would suffer from a lot of migraines and, like, blackouts and stuff like that. Okay? Now, as a teenager... She would read her mother's romance magazines, especially the Lonely Hearts columns. Okay? Ah, um, tied this in already. Yeah, a lot of it would take up much of her time, perhaps maybe to a- escape from her abusive father and her mother who turned a blind eye to the abuse. Right, that makes sense. Okay? Now, at age 16, she marries her first husband. Um, he's a man she only knew for four months, and they had four children together from 1921 to 1927. The marriage fell apart after that. They lived with his mother, 
but she had the same abusive tendencies that her father had. Oh. Okay, so it's like she went from one abusive household to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Perhaps that is what set <clears throat> uh, Nanny Doss on her murdering spree. Okay. Well, but that kind of falls into what we've talked about before is that when there's trauma, especially as, you're, as a child, even though you might know it's wrong, we still seek out right. similar situations because it offers up a kind of a, a source of normality, even though Correct. it's not right. This is true. This is true. And I mean, and we have to take into effect all, most of this happened in the way in the early, tw- no, let's say late 20s is when it started. Okay. You know, she got married in 21, but some of the stuff didn't happen until the late 20s. Okay. So, um, basically, uh, in the, in the 20s, two of her children died under mysterious circumstances. Oh. The one moment they were perfectly healthy, next thing you know, they were dead. Were they babies at the time? No like SIDS or cause. something? Doesn't say how old they were, but it does say that in 1928, he divorced her and took their oldest daughter, Melvina, with him and left her with the baby and his mother. That's a little peculiar all in, in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. Why, as a parent, would you only take one child one with child. you and then leave your now ex-wife and a baby with your mother? With Yeah, with your mom. So, I, But, you know, I'm not from the 20s. So I was going to say, yeah, we may, weren't from then, so it may seem odd to us, but it might have been totally, you know. I, I just hadn't heard of that yeah. while reading, you know, anything from the 20s. So it might, might have been normal. Yeah. Well, apparently, she... Not even, but a year after her divorce, she married her second husband. And he was an abusive alcoholic from your favorite town, Jacksonville, Florida. Gotta go figure. Yeah. That's Jacksonville, Yeah, and man. his name was Frank Harrelson. They met through a Lonely Hearts column. He would write her romantic letters, and she responded with racy letters and photos. Nice. So I'm wondering if she was the first inventor of the tit pick. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Good going, nanny. Good going, nanny. Um, despite the abuse, though, that marriage lasted 16 years until 1945. When during this period, it is said that she likely killed her own newborn granddaughter. Oh. A few days after the birth by using a hairpin and stabbed her in the base of the brain. Holy cow. Yeah, a few months after that, a, a few months after her granddaughter's death, her two-year-old grandson died of asphyxiation while in her care. These two children belonged to her older child, Melvina. That was the one that left with her dad? Yes. Okay, just making sure I'm keeping track yes. here. Okay, now the next to die was Harrelson. Um, he was that's cele- the husband. That's the husband yes. Okay, yeah. He was celebrating the end of World War II, and apparently he came home and she claims he raped her. Which, if he's an alcoholic, abusive person, I can see it's that. It's probable. It's very probable. It's very probable. So um, she said that she was out, like, in the yard the next day and came across a jar of his buried moonshine. And said, I'm going to get even with him. 
and she laced it with rat poison, and he was dead within a week. You know, we were props. Talk- we were talking about before on our, on another podcast the the parent that put epicac in water. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, trying to get the kid that was bullying his kid to stop. Yeah, he was saying, "Oh my God, he's horrible. He's poisoning." He didn't use rat poison. I'm just pointing that out. This is true. He used epicac. He used epicac, something to induce vomiting, not internal bleeding. Yeah, just saying, just saying, <laughs> defending my stance on that one. Still, you kind of are a little bit, even though it had nothing to do with this. <laughs> oh, it did. Oh, okay. <laughs> People naturally assumed he died of food poisoning. Meanwhile, she collected enough in the life insurance money to buy a plot of land and a house near Jacksonville. Okay? I already lost lost respect for her because she wants to even live near Jacksonville, but go ahead. (laughs) I know, right? And then she met this guy named Arlie Lanning from Lexington, North Carolina. When he responded to a Lonely Hearts classified ad, playing the... uh, He died in 1952. Um... Several years after he had met her, and she playing the doted wife, doting wife added poison to one of his meals, and he died shortly thereafter. He again was a heavy drinker, so doctors attributed his death to a heart attack or alcohol related. Normally, you hide the pattern from me and see if I can find it. This I can't one help it. is right out in the open. Yeah. Let me see if I can guess poisoning. Am I close? Yeah, I think so. I think you might be right. <laughs> then there's this guy named Richard Morton from Emporia, Kansas, who was her next true love. He spent a lot of time with other women while they were married, but she didn't discover this quite yet. Because <laughs> okay, she had, he would have been poisoned. And you want to know what she was distracted with? Murdering babies or trying no. to poison people? Her mother fell and broke her hip in 1953 after her father passed away. So she had to take care of her mom. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, her mom died suddenly without warning a few months after she agreed to take care of her, though. Probably from poisoning. Doesn't say. An accidental death. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, shortly after that, one of her sisters also died after suddenly, suddenly after having contact with her. Jamie <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. But now that she wasn't consumed with her mom's health or taking care of her sister, after yeah, after, actually it says after she took care of her mother and sister. Oh, I bet she did take care of them. She found out about her husband's affairs. She turned her full attention to him, and he apparently died under mysterious circumstances. Hmm. I think I see an emerging pattern. You think so? Christ. Well, let's go on to Samuel Doss, her final husband out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. How many does that make? Five? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Damn. Kind of. Hey. Shut it. <laughs> I just had a thought. I did, too. I started counting. I think I had the same amount of ex-wives. I know. Only yours are still living. That's true. None of my ex-wives died. Yeah. So... This guy was neither a drunk nor abusive. You know nice. what his mistake was? Uh, he said that her potato salad wasn't didn't have enough potatoes. No, she could only read magazines or watch TV shows that were educational. Oh well, that's not going to set well with her because no. she's got no education. No, so she laced a prune cake with. Can you guess? Rat poison? Yeah, that's my ESP. Yeah, he spent a month recovering in the hospital. And a few days after he got home, she finished him off with some coffee. 
<laughs> now, now, you would think you would want to switch up your MO a little bit. Not her, man. She's got this down no, to dude, a science. She, she does. She's on a roll. Um, but that's where she made her mistake. Uh, she, the doctor who treated her fifth and final husband, actually suspected foul play during his month-long hospitalization. But he had no proof. Right? So, when he did finally die, this doctor convinced Doss to let him uh, perform an autopsy, telling her that it was a good idea because this autopsy could save lives. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he found huge, and I mean huge, amounts of arsenic in his b- bloodstream and alerted the police. And she was arrested in 1954. Now. After, right, almost as soon as she was arrested, she confessed to killing four of her five husbands. She killed all, she killed all of the last four. She left the first one alone. Holy cow. Yeah, and I think it's because he was smart enough to get the fuck out. Yeah, he got the hell out. He's like, yeah. look, I, can, I see a little bit of psycho in you. Gotta go now. Yeah, but she never admitted to killing her family. Well, okay. I know, right? That's... So what they did was, is they exhumed all of these bodies oh and God. found, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Exorbitant amounts <laughs> of arsenic or rat poison in their bloodstream, in their bodies. That goes along with it, but walks yeah. like a duck and quacks like a duck. <laughs> yeah. Probably a duck. The grinning ga- granny, giggling granny, her calling card was to poison her loved one was food or drink spiked with huge amounts of this rat poison. All in all... The authorities suspect this woman of killing as many as 12 people, almost all of them blood-related. Holy cow, man. Yeah. About thinning the herd in your own friggin' family. Dude. You know, and this goes back to something else we were talking about, you know, on a couple of other episodes about the fact that we don't get along with all of our family. Right, exactly. But I never have really ever thought of offing them. No, no. You know? And it's like, yeah. And I'm sorry, rat poison? I've seen what it does to mice. Yeah. Can you imagine what it does to a human? I can only imagine. Gee, many Christmas. Yeah, because doesn't it make you, like, bleed internally? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because you, like, hemorrhage. Because it's like a blood thinner, right? I think so. I can't quite remember. I can't either. But, yeah. But she, she actually did blame that her murder, murderous escapades on her brain injury. And she received, you know, obviously she was called Lonely Hearts Killer because four of her ex-husbands, she or dead husbands, not ex, I guess. They're um, ex now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she found through Lonely Hearts ads. Right. Okay, so I get that moniker. Well, apparently she was given the nickname Giggling Granny from the media because every time she would tell a story of how she killed one of her late husbands... She would giggle. Holy cow. Yeah, so basically, I can just picture, like, I picture my mom in my head sometimes when I talk about grannies. And it's like, I could just see her say, oh, yeah, and he died of this. <laughs> you know, that's what I picture. No, Tammy, that's not freaking creepy at all. I know, right? Freaking nature. Ha, 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 ha. Jamie Christmas. Or, like, the little hee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, is that knowing enough about psychology now, 
the poisoning, the, the way she went about it, isn't indicative of some of the ones who've had brain injuries. This is true. It's calculated. Yeah, yeah this is very thought out and calculated because you you have to calculate the dosage. You do. You have to figure out what you're going to put it in. You do. This isn't a matter of going into like a rage and like uh, uh, abducting somebody. Exactly. And or blacking out. Yeah, or blacking out or any, I'm. I think she's just this side of psycho. Yeah. Well, you know, she actually offered up another motive for killing her male companions. Want to hear that one? Well, probably because they beat the shit out of her. Oh, no. And she wasn't after insurance money either. Oh. In her own words, she the romance magazines that she read had a, such a profound effect on her psyche. She was searching for the perfect mate, the real romance in life, and none of them measured up. Wow. Dude, that's scary as fuck right there. <laughs> Yeah. When when one husband became too much, she simply killed him and moved on to the next. I now have a new question that I'm going to ask anybody that I date in the future. Do you read romance novels? <laughs> you do? Okay. Look at the time. Gotta go. Gotta run. Yeah. Um, emergency at my house. Space aliens and water heaters. Uh, my family ordered Hawaiian food. Damn bastards. <laughs> from the from the island of Omanomalaya? No, from Kamaaina. Same thing. <laughs> Wanna hakalugi? No. <laughs> no. So um yeah, the thing is, is she probably would have gotten away with it, continued to get if away with it. If it wasn't for it, those pesky kids? If it wasn't for that damn doctor having suspicions <laughs> and she being naive enough to say, Oh, okay, it'll save lives. Dude. He totally scooby dooed her. He totally scooby dooed her. That is freaking awesome. Good job to that doc. Yeah. And this is back in the, what, in the 50s? So that was pretty, you know. That doctor wasn't lying. The procedure saved lives. Of her future husbands. Of her future husbands and any family yeah. members across her path. Yeah. It, and what gets me is that, well, I mean, I guess it goes back. I mean, nowadays, like dating apps. That was the way to go back then, huh? The the columns and the newspapers and right shit. Right, right. Yeah, I never, I never subscribed to all that, so I don't know. Cool. You know? But then I wasn't alive back then either, so you know. Oh well, yeah, back in the fifties. No, neither one of us were. Well, we're from the. You 70s. say you weren't, but whatever. <laughs> I look fabulous for my age. You, you do. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I found this one because I was like, you told me to hurry up and get one because you know. So that we had one available for Thursday. But I think what got me about this lady is that anybody, family or not, that crossed her or got in her way, she just eliminated them. Yeah, and she did it a sneaky way. She gave them rat poison and they died. Mm -hmm. But you would think that somebody would have caught on way sooner. You know what I mean? But she moved around, too, with each of these husbands. It's not like she stayed in the same area. You but know still, what I mean? you've got family that you're writing to, maybe, and friends or something, like your sisters or some shit. You know, and how many times can you hear, oh, Bob died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another one of my husbands another, died. Another one bites the dust. Well, he was a drinker. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it did seem that she had a knack of finding the drinkers, didn't it? Right. Well, that goes back to the, yeah. the, the sense of normality. Sorry, I spilled some water on the desk in it. You know, you, you look for what makes you the most comfortable, even if, it, if you know it's wrong. Right. This is true. This is true. 
and it takes a lot to get past that in your life, right? And restructure your life. And back then, I'll, re- I'll reiterate, they we didn't have the advancements in psychology that we or do today. Or the resources. Yeah, or the resources. Yeah. We uh, we didn't understand what was, or they didn't understand what was going on. With many different this psychological things, you know, the difference between psychopath and sociopath, the difference uh, that uh, childhood trauma can make, this is true. whether it's physical abuse, emotional or sexual, um, each one has its own Yeah, kind of, I, I want to say it, it, in and of itself, it's its own pathogen, right. like a disease. It is. It is. You know, or poison and in, a, in and of itself. Right. Because... Depending on your upbringing and the stimuli that you're exposed to as a child, it will set the tone for how things are going to go in your future. This is true. Because what what do you know from the time you're born to the time you're, let's, let's say, even three years old? Right. You only know what the adults around you are doing and saying. and yeah. Exactly. And what they're programming you to do. You right. don't know. It's not like at three years old, you're cracking a book on, hey, according to the DSM. <laughs> right. It says that I'm the pretty DSM messed four. <laughs> That's right. It says that I'm pretty messed up. <laughs> and you're the reason, mom. And you're the reason. So let's Freud the shit out of this. Because Freud was big on everything was because of your mother. And that's true. I think he had a crush on his mom, but yeah, a little whatever. bit of an Oedipus complex going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everything boiled down to the fact that it was an Oedipus complex or uh, an infatuation with the parent of the opposite sex. Yeah, with him. pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it and it does. It just um, and then you know, and like you said, we have to take into consideration the t- the era. Correct. You know the whole era and everything and. You know, that really, even in that era, women had no recourse for anything. Well, right. When women really didn't have a whole lot of rights either. Exactly. That's what I meant. It's like anything could basically we were treated as property. Correct. And so, you know, Wait we, minute, is that bad? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't murder me. I know me. you're asking for a friend, right? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yes. No, and it's it's true. I mean, women were considered property. And <clears throat> as soon as they were married or whatever, it's like you belong to him and you had to do exactly what he said. No matter what he did to you, you have no, there's nothing for you to do anything about right, it. Right, because divorce was kind of almost unheard of back and, then. Yeah. It, was, it happened, but it was kind of a rarity. Yeah. And, and usually it was the man divorcing the woman. Right. Yeah, not yeah, the other normally. way around. And in, in today's society, people get divorced every day. Yeah, but if look at can... Hollywood, you know. Oh, hell, look at when I divorced, when I divorced like the midget and I had to uh, go down and file myself and show up at the uh, Clark County Courthouse. There was probably, I don't know, 20, 30 people in there. Holy shit. Yeah, probably closer to 20, but, uh, you know, it was just you had to show up. That's all you had to do. And say, yep, I'm here to represent myself. And it's, it's the other person here. No, okay, then you're divorced. Come up here and we'll sign your papers. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty easy. That's pretty simple. Yeah, it was a, it's kind of a no-brainer. But uh, think about that. Like, And then take those same numbers, let's say 20 people, um, so 20 couples, and take it back to the 50s. Right. Would you, you wouldn't even see 20 couples no. in the courthouse, period. Yeah. You Not know, at m- all. Much less in a, in a situation where they're getting divorced all yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it just, you know, it 
Like I said, it's really, really bizarre. But, you know, like I said, I have to keep equating it. I have to keep remembering the era. Right. You know, so. And let's look at the childhood. You were saying that her dad was abusive. Yeah, and an alcoholic. And an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And the mother just sat back and let it happen, which that's what mothers did back then. Exactly. They had no right. They had no rights. So how are they going to do anything? Right. And so she seeks out abusive alcoholics. And, and actually abuse on some level all the way through, because even the last husband that wasn't an alcoholic, it wasn't physically abusive. He was controlling. He was very controlling, and that's a form of abuse. Yes. You know, um, or can't, I can't, let me say it can be, because there's, there's, non, there's non-abusive control, and there's abusive control. And you look confused, so I'll explain the two. So, like, if I'm talking to um, a subordinate, okay. an employee, and I tell him, no, look, you've got a choice. You can either do this job or you're going to get fired right. because this is your job. That's a controlling behavior. Right, but it's not abusive. It's, but it's not abusive. Right. It's controlling. But And the same way with kids. If kids are, I don't want to go to bed, and you give them the option, you're going to go to bed or you're going to lose your privileges. Right. That's very controlling, very, very controlling, but it's not abusive. Correct. Where it becomes abusive is when you, well, like her last husband, control the stimuli that she gets. You can only listen to things that are educational. Right. You can only read things that are educational. Right. Nothing outside of that. And that's a pretty limited spectrum when you think about it. Considering he found her in a lonely heart's ad. Right. Exactly. So. So, yeah, abuse can take many, many forms when it comes to control. Um, So... I don't agree with what she did with killing him off. No, I but. don't agree with that either. I mean, I never, ever, ever condone murder. Hang on, I got to take some ibuprofen. My head's killing me. It's probably my fault for making too many jokes. It's probably from that, you know, don't, I don't want to black out, so let me take some ibuprofen. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, people. That's um, fantastic. That's yeah. how Scott died. Yeah, I know, right? No, I get these pains right behind my right eye. But, um, no, so it's like, you know, I just, um, and I guess what I'm confused about also is why did you kill your two children and your two grandchildren? That one's pretty and freaking confusing. the youngest child? There's no mention of her anywhere that I've found. I'm glad that you mentioned that because like about a minute and a half ago, it popped in my head. You know, Wait a minute. Right. Where's, you know, the, the little baby? Yeah, I couldn't find anything. But then, like I said, I didn't do a whole lot of digging on this one yet because I, like, hurried up and found some information. I'm so. kind of curious if that baby lived. I know, me too, me too. Um, and it doesn't say whether the mother-in-law lived. However, let me see if I can find, hang on a second here. Well, by the 50s, she'd be pretty elderly anyway. And it sounds like uh, like Nanny had kind of moved on you know she's out she's answering lonely hearts ads she's you know dating or trying to find herself a man and apparently taking pictures that are racy of her boobs or something so oh well apparently the the youngest daughter was still alive when the two grandchildren were killed because um melvina was groggy from labor and she thought she saw her mom stick a hat pin in the baby's head. And when she asked her husband and sister, they said um, that Nanny had simply told them that the baby was dead. Okay, that doesn't say anything about... Oh, her brother and sister. 
Yeah, well, her husband and her sister. Gotcha. So I'm assuming that it was the youngest sister. You would think, yeah, because yeah. there's only two kids left, so it's really there's only two, you know, one option. So okay, we know the, but so she just disappears, rode, rode off into the damn sunset or something. Is yeah, that what happened? Yeah, to her? I don't know. It Happy trails say. to you and shit. Wow, the, I mean, it's just really weird. That is, man. Yeah. Killing off your own damn grandkids. So, did they ever actually prove that it was a hat pin in the back of the baby's head, or did no? It, just, just it says say. here that doctors, however, couldn't give a positive explanation. It does say that they said that nannies told them that the baby was dead, and they did notice she was holding a pin, but the doctors couldn't prove it. Okay, well, maybe the baby died of natural causes. Maybe I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate. If we can't yeah. prove it, I don't want to pin another murder on her. Or no. No, exactly. But, you know, I don't know. It's just really weird. That is pretty peculiar. Yeah. You know, but if she killed one baby, she probably killed the other one, so. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. This is just, ugh. <laughs> Gee, many It's Christmas. another one of your, I mean, if you've seen her picture, I mean, she does actually look quite innocent. I've seen pictures of her. She's not. <laughs> I mean, she, to me, looks more innocent than Dorothy at Puente did. Oh, damn. Yeah, because to me, Dorothea Puente had kind of that sinister look on her face. No, she looks like somebody's sweet granny who's baking them cookies. I would not eat a cookie, though, uh, at a nanny's house. Well, this lady, that's, <laughs> she, that's, that's scary. Deadly, dude. That's, that's taking, that's playing yeah, Russian roulette. This lady looks like she's kind of short and everything, and she's a little portly, you know. Oh. And so it's like, I, I, to me, she looks a little, you know, okay, remember on Aunt B. Yeah. She kind of reminds me of that character a little bit. God dang, precious you. Andy, dinner's ready. That's right. <laughs> Opie. Get Opie, come down here. Yeah. So it's just it's just bizarre to me how, you know, and like I said, she would just confess to, after she'd tell one story of how one husband died and everything, she'd just giggle. That is what makes it. It's not even the poisoning. It's the giggling. Yeah. Like it was... Like a nervous twitch, maybe? Maybe. Some people do have a nervous giggle or right. a nervous laugh. Right, right. I mean, that is a true thing. I pass gas when I'm nervous, so there you go. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't make you laugh during a serious podcast. No, what you shouldn't do is make me think about shit that I don't want to think about. <laughs> That's closer to the truth than what you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Because, <laughs> quite frankly, now I don't ever want to see you in a nervous situation. <laughs> Just saying. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, many Christmas. Do you yeah. have anything else to add uh, for the laughing granny? I have nothing as of right now, no. Awesome. So we're going to wrap this one up. This has been Brutal Nation. I am your host, Scott Alexander, with my co-host, Tammy Underwood. This has been a production of Twisted Blue LLC, copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. We'll see you guys later as we track down more and more lesser-known serial killers. Bye. Bye.